let's get into the Gnostic material for today. So there are going to be three sources. So there are three sources that we're going to work with as we work through the uh, Gospel of Thomas. And at this point, we're working with the Nag Hammadi Coptic version and three translation sources. I'm sending all the links now. One is the Gospel of Thomas translated by Marvin Meyer. has more of a Hebrew feel to it uh, and some, you know, has some value. There's the Thomas Lambden. I'm not sure if it's Thomas Lambden, but it's a Mr. Lambden. Yeah, Thomas. Thomas Landon uh, translating Gospel of Thomas. Anyway, the three translations we're working with, again, uh, I've sent links, www.gnosis.org, the Marvin Meyer version, the Thomas Lambden version, and then an interlinear version, which uh, is, you may or may not have seen before, uh, it's not clear who translated this, uh, but the page is um, in, in a Coptic and English interlinear. And we're going to start with fragment 10. That's where we ended last week with fragment 9. Uh, fragment 9 um, in all, you know, is the same in all versions, and we're not going to be with the Oxyrhynchus Greek anymore until saying 24 or fragment 24 because it's very partial um, how much of the 114 in Greek we found or Coptic we have in the um, the Oxyrhynchus collection in Greek they're, they're not all they're not equal but we'll come back to Oxyrhynchus in the 20s saying 9 was um the parable of the sower, S-O-W-E-R, and it's um, you find this in the New Testament similarly, and again, it, there's some discussion about whether the Gospel of Thomas was before the New Testament, or, you know, was, was of second century, and it may well be, or some of the basis for what became the, the Gospels. Uh, I'll read 9 again, just so we can move into, you know, we can uh, develop some momentum when we get to the new material starting at fragment 10. Uh, using the Lambden version, Jesus said, now the sower, meaning the one who puts seeds, the sower went out, took a handful of seeds, and scattered them. Some fell on the road, the birds came and gathered them up. Others fell on the rock, did not take root in the soil, and did not produce ears of corn. And others fell on thorns, they choked the seeds, and worms ate them. And others fell on the good soil, and it produced good fruit. It bore sixty measure, and a hundred and twenty per measure. And that may be uh, some symbol symbolism there. But of course we're talking about uh, the um, spiritual instruction or way showing, showing the way, uh, as sowing seeds for Gnosis, yet um, depending on the quality of the receiver, um, 
so too shall be um, you know the outcome of the sowing like Ross said uh, service is effective only to the degree it is requested uh, I was thinking about this in many ways service is effective uh, based of course obviously on the and Ross talked about this with with the whole notion of mental transfers right there's physical transfer sexual transfer mental transfer, spiritual transfer, energy transfer. The mental transfer is a form of sowing seeds in the case of teacher-student or uh, teaching and learning and that it depends on the quality of the information and the quality of the mind and presentation of the teacher or the one sharing, the sower of the seed and also on the quality of the receiver or the learner or the student or the soil uh, of the one uh, receiving the instruction or the seeds and their own the quality of their um, mental development so it's not that you've got a lot going on if you want to look uh, in terms of the the sea the the field of sowing the field in which seeds are sown. It's not that simple. It's not like this person is a good student and that's a bad student. We can say, sure, that's common, but this person can hear um, a certain certain truth at a certain time and use it to a certain extent. Each person has um, their own um, variegated field of reception or fertile soil for learning meaning uh, I can hear something now but uh, other things I don't want to hear ever or um, in some cases um, or I'm receptive now but I'm not if you keep talking (laughs) or I can use this 50% but the other 50% I won't remember for the next two years. And so people come back and say, oh, you know, that was a good thing you said uh, three years ago. Now I'm doing that. Or, oh, look what I just discovered. I'm going to do this. Meanwhile, they were told that three years ago. Uh, and so, um, you know, we can just do our best, and the rest is up to them. And... Um, that's um, the the field of of inquiry in fragment nine, the the delicacy and poignancy of sowing seeds, or teach learning, or trying to help, and how how our responsibility really ends um, with the the quality of our intention and offering, and that's it and then how we follow up their responses. So it's very, very subtle. I mean, one could talk, I could talk for an hour just on this whole matter of mental transfers, teach learning, sowing seeds, uh, the effectiveness of service, or the learning process. So let's go to the new material, number 10. And uh, I'll just swing through with Meyer, then Lambda, then interlinear. So... Uh, and then we'll swing back. We'll do it that way. We'll swing low with the sweet chariot. Fragment 10 from Meyer, then Lambden, then interlinear, then go back. Yeshua said, 
I have thrown fire upon the world, and look, I am watching till it blazes. And Lambden, I, Jesus said, I have cast fire upon the world, and see, I am guarding it until it blazes. Same. And then the interlinear, which is really nice because we can see word by word, says Yeshua, Did I cast a fire upon the world system, and behold, I am guarding it until it blazes. So interlinear is much cooler, I think. Says Yeshua, Did I cast, meaning I did cast, a fire upon the cosmos? Let's go to the original. We're not idiots. So, did I cast a fire upon the cosmos, upon the seven-dimensional multi, the seven-dimensional octave? Yeah, perhaps. The seven-dimensional octave of this logos, perhaps. Yeah. And behold, I'm guarding it until it blazes. And so, casting a fire, uh, illumining, warming, burning, combusting, destroying, ending. Um, intensifying, catalyzing all the functions of fire. Not to the world, to the cosmos. <clears throat> to the physical 3D world and to the non-physical time-space 3D realm astral plane, I think, too. Jesus, you know, Yeshua did real metaphysical work here. Not simply uh, healing lepers and giving some good teachings and being sort of a social activist or something, some people think. Uh, this was he did major metaphysical work, just like Otama, just like Nityananda, but but Yeshua was a world teacher in a certain way that the, those other two were lesser so. Gautama, the world teacher of the East, Yeshua, the world teacher of the West. But in some ways, Yeshua was the world teacher for third density, I'd say, because he really showed the way out of reincarnation in third density, you know. The, the discovery of the kingdom of heaven within to qualify souls to um, enter the kingdom of heaven on earth. Finding the kingdom of heaven within, one may be qualified to enter the kingdom of heaven on earth. Yeah, that's exactly what he's doing. Gautama was really um, offering more advanced teaching for those leaving. Behold, so he brought a metaphysical fire power uh, with many functions into the cosmos, into the octave, into this world, and guards it till it blazes in the hearts of those who receive it. And so, um, and the translation with the interlinear, Yeshua says, I have cast fire upon the world system, and behold, I guard it until it is ablaze. We go to Fragment 11, again starting with Meyer. Yeshua said, This heaven will pass away, and the one above it will pass away. The dead are not alive, and the living will not die. During the days when you ate what is dead, you made it alive. When you are in the light, what will you do? On the day when you were one, you became two. But when you become two, what will you do? Ooh, hardcore, the Lambda version. Jesus said, The heaven will pass away, and the one above it will pass away. The dead are not alive, and the living will not die. In the days when you consumed what is dead, you made it what is alive. 
When you come to dwell in the light, what will you do? On the day when you were one, you became two. But when you become two, what will you do? <laughs> and the interlinear is very long. Uh, and I'm not sure if I can handle it, but we'll go and see what it looks like. Says Yeshua, this sky shall be made to pass away, and that which in the above of it shall be made to pass away. And those who are dead, they are alive not. And those who are alive, they shall die not. In the days were you eating that which is dead, were you making it that which is alive? When you habitually become in the light, what is it you will do it? In the day you were made one, did you become two? When yet you habitually become two, what is it which you shall do it? Very hardcore. And the way this was translated by the interlinear translator is, This sky shall be made to pass away. And the one above it shall be made to pass away. And the dead are not alive, and the living shall not die. In the days when you consumed the dead, you transformed it to life. When you come into the light, what will you do? On the day when you were united, you became divided. Yet when you have become divided, what will you do? <laughs> very, very serious. So, you can say, th this is um, Gnostic cosmology, not the formation of the cosmos, but the ending of the world for the, no for the Gnostic. You, you see, the inner and the outer are one. That's the law of one. Ross said the metaphysical and the physical, the physical and the metaphysical are inseparable. So, the seven-dimensional octave is here in front of you and, and within you. And the path is realizing that the outer is inner and the self is the inner outer field. And then the source, its self, its being is its source or we are, its, we are our source. And so this is the, as the Gnostic comes to Gnosis, um, there is a movement out of death but there's also the ending of the false, and that is really the end of the world. But it's not the end of the multidimensional world, it's the end of the world of illusion that we project upon it. And so, working from the interlinear, the notion the sky shall be made to pass away, you see, it wasn't, you know, the word is like TP, T E I P. Is it this sky, this heaven? Maybe so. So the sky, this sky, will pass away. Uh, and the next one, the one above that, will also pass away. Uh, the impermanence of 3D, the physical space-time and the astral time-space. I believe that's what, what's meant by the this sky and the next sky. But uh, we shall pass away from third density. We've passed out of the body, and we're going to pass out of the, the astral realm too. This whole uh, 
cycling for us wanderers and eventually for all souls is uh, temporary and so we shall pass out of this space-time physical realm we shall pass out of the next realm too and uh, this is a limited you know temporal appearance 3d physical non-physical both pass away and the gnostic is the one who who lives this you know goes beyond the death goes beyond the the death of 3d repeating the death of um, living in ignorance or darkness the death of uh, the false world we you know create by nama rupa by naming activity by avidya based um fashioning fashioning experience um without without gnosis without prajna uh so there's a lot of death going on that's why <clears throat> shiva is the god of yogis and everybody drinks shivambu who's very cool the water of shiva so shiva the god of yogis is also the god of death but it's not killing death it's basically the necessary phase of uh, dissolution or cessation coming out of appearance to disappearance so arising persisting and passing away brahma vishnu shiva and so the yogi is the one um who finds life um who finds life after death or lives in comes to live in the deathless by the death of all the false and the illusory and the unnecessary so heaven will pass away the lambdan translation heaven passes away the one above it will pass away the dead are not alive okay we can say the dead are dead and the living will not die the gnostic won't die the one who comes to awakening and finding the kingdom of heaven within that's what we're talking about we're talking about activation of fourth and fifth and sixth chakra <laughs> okay let's let's go technical let's go out of the poetic or let's compare the poetic to the metaphysical technical so the living who shall not die uh is the um harvestable human soul or the gnostic or the knower or the one who has his living in love <laughs> who's committed to the positive path who's committed to the way of love and truth and so that one won't die because that one will leave 3D physical and 3D non-physical forever i mean they may wander back sometime but they are completely free of the need to reincarnate in 3D physical and non-physical they pass out of the heaven or the sky in this world and the one above it too then in the days when you're consumed or when you consumed what's dead you made it what is alive <clears throat> and so in the days or in the time uh when you ate when you ate death <clears throat> um you eventually made it alive <laughs> so um making uh, eating death and bringing it to life it's resurrection and so it's the resurrection of oneself uh this is gnosis too the kingdom of heaven within is is finding uh or communicating with atman higher self sub sub logos the the god within the divine light within consubstantial with the logos and the heavenly father of course <clears throat> galactic logos solar logos higher self sub sub logos the spark of god 
right? The spark of source, the the infinite creator, the portion or the 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 essential um, core of infinity that that um, is the is our deepest true nature. Uh, this is bringing to life. This brings to life all the death we've eaten. And so, in the past, in the days when you consumed what's dead, you made it alive. Uh, you brought death to life. Then you may come to the light, which is uh, awakening, which is again fourth and fifth and sixth chakra activation. That's all we're talking about here. That's all. Nobody wants to hear that, but. Uh, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> the seven rainbow colors, seven rays of the rainbow within. The the personal rainbow. <laughs> the the subjective rainbow. The microcosmic rainbow. The seven rays, seven forces, seven, <clears throat> you know, seven uh, powers before the throne. The seven aeons uh, of, of the true self. Um the higher begins to uh, come to life again and uh, transforms the dead of the lower and and so what's eaten uh, from death becomes life then one comes to the light what are you going to do? what will you do? it's a good question when you come to some knowledge what will you do? then and the day when you were united so this is like talking to uh, a Gnostic and one who's awakened somewhat already this is not total awakening, we're talking about sequential. When you were united, when you realized the law of one, <laughs> when you realized the outer and inner is one, um, when you were united, you became divided. Uh, when you became divided, what will you do? What does it mean? Now, I'm not sure what the original meaning was, but one can say that, um, I mean, there's more sophisticated knowledge, you know, interpretation like thinking that you're united thinking that one is one, <laughs> one is united with all, is itself a form of division. I don't think that's really where, what he was coming from, but meaning the imposition of the interpretation, now I'm one, all is one, I am this one, this is itself a further division. Because it's, it's um, an added labeling to the reality um, of non-duality. Now that sounds kind of sophisticated or a little, you know, a little, little, a little um, stretching, stretched. <clears throat> but one can reflect. Uh, I can't, you know, immediately give a sense of what was meant here. While on the with the phrase on the day when you were united, you became divided. But it is surely true also that as one. Um, realizes unity increasingly which is the sense that um, the inner and outer is one field and God and man um, you know are ultimately one one life and all being self and other self is is the reality um, there is a greater perception of the appearance of division actually there is a heightened awareness of distortion um, in the mind that is increasingly freed of distortion. That's true, I think, too. Then when you become divided or you experience division, what will you do? <clears throat> and so, what are you going to do next? And that's that's a good question. <laughs> Fragment 12, starting with Meyer. 
the student said to Yeshua, We know you will leave us. Who will be our leader? Yeshua said to them, Wherever you are, seek out Yaakov the just. For his sake, heaven and earth came into being. That's Meyer, who likes the Hebrew. So Yaakov, we go on. Lambden doesn't like Hebrew and says, The disciples said to Jesus, We know that you will depart from us. Who is to be our leader? Jesus said to them, Wherever you are, you are to go to James the righteous. Doesn't sound, sounds a lot different than Yaakov, huh? That's the problem with uh, Meyer is that he Hebraic, Hebraizes, he, he puts it, makes everybody sound like they're Jewish, but this is a little different than um, early Judaism or any Judaism. So he says, Yaakov the just, and Lambden says, wherever you are, you are to go to James the righteous. Sounds quite different, huh? For whose sake heaven and earth came into being. <clears throat> now, uh, obviously that's a symbolism. I don't really think that the, the Logos created the uh, seven-dimensional system octave on all the octaves for Mr. James the Righteous or Yaakov the Just. So this is the problem with poetic speech is that some people get carried away with themselves. Let's go to the interlinear. <clears throat> Say the disciples to Yeshua, we know that thou shalt depart from us. Who is it who shall be made great up over us? Says Yeshua to them, The place did you come there, you shall. <laughs> Go to Jacob the righteous. This one did the, the sky with the earth come to be because of him. That That's an interesting thing. That you see, the interlinear um, sounds a little less high and mighty. So, said the disciples to Yeshua, they know, we know you're going to leave, you're going to depart from us, and who who is it who shall be made great? These are phrases from the Coptic. Who shall be made great? Who is it? Etna erno, <laughs> something like that. Who shall be made great up over us? Who? And so the, the question is in the first statement, who? Not after over us? Anyway, who, 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 who to follow? Says Yeshua to them, The place did you come there, you shall go to Jacob the righteous. And the, the Coptic is Ayakwabas. Yakobus. Yakobus. So it is sort of like Jacob. <clears throat> um, and you know everybody's everybody's doing their own thing. So Meyer calls him Yaakov, sounds like a Russian. And Lambden says James. So there, Meyer says Yaakov the Just, and Lambden says James the Righteous. And the original is uh, Yakobus Dikaios. And so that's. Jacob the righteous, okay, whatever. Uh, Jacob or James. You know, that's a real kind of a big difference, right? If his real name was Jacob, why should he be called James? <laughs> and if his name was Jacob, why do you call him Yaakov? So, 
you know, translators, human human history, uh, human humans have prospered despite their translators. Translators are just more, I don't know, you know, I'm just, just disgusted with human dishonesty, frankly. Nobody really, really, really is committed to truth here. Nearly none. Everybody's just pushing their own agenda. Nearly all, not all, but there are very few. Find me an honest man, said who, Socrates? Nearly none. <clears throat> Nearly none people are committed to really finding the truth or translating precisely. They think, oh, the people don't know, they're too stupid to hear it, or oh, this is what I want you to, th to think, or my view is this, and therefore I translate it this way. Um, maybe it's impossible for humans at this level to find truth. Ross said understanding is not of your density. I don't know. <laughs> they can't even find love, but they certainly can't find truth. Or they certainly, most people, they have really no righteous commitment to truth. You know? And so, they fuck up again and again. They make, they make good things and knock them down. Anyway, um, who to go to when Yeshua is gone? Go to Ikabos Dikaios. Uh, Jacob the righteous. This is so. It actually was one word was Greek and one was Hebrew. It was Hebrew Yakubos, but is that Jacob? Sounds like Jacob. Yeah, not Yaakov. So Jacob the righteous. Anyway, the point is the idea of um, for whose sake the sky and earth have come to be. Uh, I don't know really know what that means, but certainly. Uh, the the disciples would be finding um, further instruction from James or Jacob, Jacob. And I, you know, I don't know. <clears throat> is there Gospel of James? And I don't really know the the historical um, material on James or his teaching. So this is not really that important. Thirteen. Fragment 13, starting at uh, Meyer. Yeshua said to his students, Compare me to something, and tell me what I am like. And how we go to super Hebrew. Shimon Kepha said to him, You are like a just messenger. Matai said to him, You are like a wise philosopher. Toma, was Thomas, said to him, Rabbi, my mouth is utterly unable to say what you are like. Yeshua said, I am not your rabbi. Because you have drunk, you are intoxicated from the bubbling spring I tended. And he took him, he took him and withdrew, I guess this is Thomas or Toma, and he took him and withdrew and spoke three sayings to him. When Toma came back to his friends, they asked him, What did Yeshua say to you? Toma, Thomas, said to them, If I tell you one of the sayings he spoke to me, you will pick up rocks and stone me, and fire will come out of the rocks and consume you. Okay. So, <clears throat> uh, we go to Lambden. Jesus said to his disciples, You can just see... <laughs> You know, one guy gives it a Hebrew feeling, the other guy gives it a, a Protestant or Christian feeling. 
Meyer gives it a Hebrew feeling, and Lambden gives it a Christian or Protestant or white Anglo-Saxon feeling. Lambden, 13, Jesus said to his disciples, Compare me to someone and tell me whom I am like. Simon Peter said to him, You are like a righteous angel. Matthew said to him, You are like a wise philosopher. Thomas said to him, Master, you see, it was rabbi, <laughs> or was it master? Thomas said to him, Master, my mouth is wholly incapable of saying whom you are like. Jesus said, I am not your master. Uh, see, this is where translation gets important. Is it master or rabbi? Jesus said to him, I am not your master. Because you have drunk, you have become intoxicated from the bubbling spring which I have measured out. And he took him, Thomas, and withdrew and told him three, three things. When Thomas returned to his companions, they asked him, What did Jesus say to you? Thomas said to them, If I tell you one of the things which he told me, you will pick up stones and throw them at me. A fire will come out of the stones and burn you up. And again, that's symbolic, I assume. But uh, before we go to the interlinear, we can see three students, Simon, Peter, Matthew, Thomas, or, <laughs> what is their real name? Shimon Kepha, Matai, and Toma. Uh-huh. Pretty, sounds pretty different. There, one says, you're like an angel, you're a philosopher, and I can't say what you're like. Uh, yeah, sure. You know, rich, righteous angel, you could say, is the perfection of love. Wise philosopher, you can say, is a perfection of wisdom. And... Thomas or Toma saying, you know, I, I can't even say what you're like, it's in, incomprehensible which is uh, <laughs> six chakra, seven chakra, or uh, trans conceptuality we can't even express um, glory, that's true now Thomas saying Master, my mouth is wholly incapable of saying whom you're like, Jesus saying I'm not your master so let's go and see, was it rabbi or was it master Interlinear, <clears throat> says Yeshua to his disciples, Compare me and you, tell it to me, I resemble who? Says he to him, Simon Peter, meaning Simon Peter says to him, Thou resemble an angel, righteous. Says he to him, viz Matthew, Thou resemble a person, philosopher, of person of heart-mind. Hey, that's great. A philosopher... He didn't say a wise philosopher. He said a person, a philosopher of, uh, of heart-mind person. That's great. <laughs> so that, you know, <clears throat> nobody loves the original. Thou resemble a person philosopher of person of heart-mind. That's wise. Says he to him, viz. Thomas, O teacher, Entirely my mouth shall contain it not to say it, thou resemble who? <clears throat> Says Yeshua, I thy teacher not. See, okay, I thy teacher not. Since thou, since did thou drink, did thou become inebriated, out of the spring which bubbles this one, did I measure it? And did he take him? Did he withdraw? Did he speak to him? 
three words. That's not saying three things. It's saying them three words. <clears throat> when did Thomas yet come unto his comrades? Did they inquire of him? Did Yeshua say it? What to thee? Says he to them, viz. Thomas. Uh, if I were to say to you, one among the words, not things, the words, did he speak them to me, you will take stone and you will cast at me, and shall a fire come forth from the stones, and shall it burn you? Very nice. So, we don't need to go to another translation. I mean, we can go back and forth, but there's a lot more <clears throat> uh, subtlety available from the interlinear um, looking at the original Coptic or Greek or whatever the words were. Some of them were borrowed, I guess, from Greek and Art Hebrew or some mixed trans mixed version. There are some words that seem to come out of Greek or related. Uh, the point is, uh, he's saying, I'm not your teacher. <laughs> this doesn't really show what the original Coptic was for teacher, but it probably isn't rabbi, actually, because it doesn't seem to be Hebrew. So, Mr. Marvin Meyer says rabbi, <laughs> but I don't think the Coptic says that. And it seems to be teacher. And Lambden, who's a nice guy, uh, used the word master. So this is how people get screwed up, you know? The telephone game, uh, 1800 years down the line on the telephone game, uh, we get very confused. So it's really teacher. Or it seems that teacher is how they thought of him. And he said, I'm not your teacher. Not rabbi, not master. Master slave, master student, rabbi, congregant, no. Seems to be teacher. And Yeshua says, I thy teacher not. I'm not your teacher. <laughs> you are your teacher. Heavenly Father is your teacher. Right. But then, since you drank, you became inebriated from the spring which uh, I measured out. <laughs> Meaning you're spiritually intoxicated. Um, which means you just love me a lot. Which is, you know, it happens all the time. I mean, this is Bhakti, Bhakti, Mag, Bhakti Marg. It's just the path of love for one's teacher. Um, guru. Master. And, and the, you know, uh, it, it comes naturally, this sense of profound um, self-humblement, meaning, uh, you know, I want to just prostrate myself and stay there for an hour <laughs> in front of Nityananda, this kind of thing. <clears throat> because when you see a being who's like that, it, it's like, wow, uh, I'm talking to, to the sun. I'm talking to, uh, you know, God or a god, or, I mean, not god like who's going to do magic, but a being who's totally finished, or sees you inside out, or has all the answers, and is totally, you know, at the end of suffering, at the end of ignorance, is, is you know, has become a cosmic power, and this one is right in front of me? How, how wonderful! Wow! I'm, uh, you know, endless, uh, immeasurable gratitude. <clears throat> and I think that's uh, associated with the inebriation of Toma uh, in front of Yeshua. Uh, but he says, I'm not your teacher. That's interesting. So the teacher isn't the teacher, you're the teacher. Um, and you're you're the one who's going to bring you, bring yourself um, into light. 
And so he told Toma three things, and he came back to the comrades and basically said, if I told you any of what they told me, um, you would stone me, and then uh, you'd be burned by the fire from the rocks. Okay? So it's three things or three words. And so it just it gets a little, you know, it's very subtle, these things. Is it three things? Is it three words? Who knows? Uh, going on to 14. Yeshua, from we start with Meyer to Lambda to Interlinear and back. Yeshua said to them, If you fast, you will bring sin upon yourselves. And if you pray, you will be condemned. And if you give to charity, you will harm your spirits. When you go into any region and walk through the countryside, the people receive and people receive you, eat what they serve you, and heal the sick among them. What goes into your mouth will not defile you, but what comes out of your mouth will defile you. And that is um, <clears throat> perhaps uh, the basis of the saying: "It's not what comes out of a man's mouth that causes. It's not what comes. It's not what a man puts in his mouth that causes sin, but what comes out." Meaning, you don't become a sinner by eating meat. Or, in this case, it's really not about meat. It's about mosaic code prohibited dietary items. Okay, We're talking about mosaic code, old code, which is uh, very much associated with, you know, rabbinate, the rabbinate or rabbinic, you know, Judaism, Talmudism, um, what, what developed after Moses. Um, you can eat this, you can't eat that. The idea, if you eat this, you become sin and can't go to heaven or whatever. And Yeshua reformed that and said, you know, it's not what goes into your mouth that defiles, but what comes out, maybe. We go to Lambden. Jesus said to them, if you fast, you'll give rise to sin for yourselves. And if you pray, you will be condemned. And if you give alms, you will do harm to your spirits. When you go out, when you go into any land and walk about in the districts, if they receive you, eat what they have set, eat what they will set before you, and heal the sick among you, among them. <clears throat> For what goes into your mouth will not defile you, but that which issues from your mouth, it is that which will defile you. And again, the 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 this is very much like Gautama. Um, putting the efficacy of rites and rituals in their proper place. A proper understanding of the efficacy, usefulness, helpfulness, power, potency of rites and rituals and performance and uh, uh, obeisance, obey, obeying the rules, such as fasting and praying and giving alms. So there are people who fast uh, and they're full of angry, uh, full of anger. It's called the angry vegetarian condition, the angry vegetarian syndrome, the angry social activist, the angry um, social reformer. Not everyone's that way, but there are some very hateful activists, reformers, vegetarians, and hateful meat eaters too, of course, obviously. But it's not the fasting that brings um, purity of mind. Gautama said the same thing. And uh, Sotapanna understands that performance of rites and rituals um, 
isn't the transformative work per se. It may help, but uh, mere performance purifies not. Likewise with prayer, likewise with giving alms or charity. So you can be condemned. There are, there are people who pray, you know, <laughs> and go to hell. And there are people who give charity um, because they have a big nose, meaning they have a big ego, meaning they want everyone to look at them and admire. And it only puffs up their, you know, false sense of self um, to give, um, you know, material things. So that's not the way. <clears throat> um, the point is, when you go there, eat what they give you just like Gautama for the monks. If they give you meat, take it. Actually, you don't have to eat it, but you should, you, you have to take it. You can't say, no, I don't like that, don't give me that. You can, you have to take it, because it's a gift to the giver to let the gift be given. It's a gift to the giver to let them give their gift. It's a gift, uh, one becomes a field of, of merit, at best, and let them gain merit by uh, fulfilled giving. But you don't have to eat it, but you surely shouldn't refuse it. Um, <clears throat> that's a Buddhist view, very much in harmony with Yeshua, saying, um, eat what they will set before you, and then heal the sick. And it's not the eating that's the issue, it's what comes out of your mouth. And the interlinear um, goes, says Yeshua to them, if you habitually act to fast, you will beget for yourselves a sin. And if you habitually pray, this is the word, in fact, you see, it's not even available in the other versions. Only in the interlinear do we find that there's a qualification to the type of fasting, type of prayer, type of giving alms. Habitually, meaning um, de rigueur, as a, as a, by, as a default doing um, without heartful intention says Yeshua to them, if you habitually act to fast, you will beget for yourselves a sin. And if you habitually pray, they shall act to condemn you. And if you habitually give alms, you shall be doing an evil to your spirits. And if you habitually go into any land, any, and if you habitually, so it may not be this, but it, it's the type of activity. And if you habitually go into land, any, and you travel in the regions, if they habitually act to receive you, <laughs> that which they shall place it before you, eat. Eat it. Uh, those who are ill among them act to heal them. That which shall go for into with that which shall go for into within your mouth, it shall defile you not but rather that which comes from in your mouth, it, that which, shall defile you. It helps to look at this. <laughs> it's probably harder to understand by hearing than to read. So it may not be, since the, this word habitually is sort of continual action, it may not, and it is associated with um, going into the land of any of many or going to the regions and then they, the people in the regions, habitually acting to receive you. It is much more interesting and specific to read the interlinear, I must say. But they're, they're you know, going into the regions habitually, and then also habitually they acting to receive them, 
the, the apostles or whoever going into the regions. Um, habitual, the habitualness of it is doesn't seem to be the problem. But uh, with a lot of these sort of initiatic, well, there's a sort of a quasi-esoteric teaching. <clears throat> it's not, <clears throat> it's not super coded, um, but it takes a few levels of. Uh, reflection, unveiling, uh, untangling to find the deeper meaning. It's not that fasting or praying or giving alms is necessarily a problem, but it surely doesn't necessarily um, purify or sanctify the being. Absolutely not. Depends on how it's done. Uh, kama, you know, kama is intention. Intention is kama. And so it depends on the mind with which one does good works, uh, uh, lest one be a snake drinking water, turning it to poison. So, <clears throat> Yeshua is like the monks, is basically saying, when you go there, if they give you food, eat it. It doesn't cause sin. What causes sin, possibly, is how you speak, and uh, whether you um, speak in truth and love or not. And the word isn't sin, you see. You know, that, that all these things are very subtle. The word is defile. And actually, all the translators did, did um, catch that. Meaning, they didn't use... There's some action now around me. They didn't use the word sin either, which is nice. The word is defilement. And that's just like ashrava or asava or taints and fetters in Buddhism. I mean, one of the word... Uh, I forgot which the Sanskrit or Pali is, but... Defilement is absolutely common translation for um, various unskillful states of mind in Buddhism. They are called defilements. And so, Yesha was talking about defilement and Gautama was talking about defilement. But it's not action that purifies, but intention. And it's not material objects that defile, like, like uh, you know non-mosaic code dietary items or meat um, it's the mind the mind purifies and the mind defiles we go to 15 you see this is just the first pass we could spend I could spend much more time on any one of these but in the interests of uh, going through 15 again starting with Meyer going to Lambden then going to the interlinear Yeshua said, When you see one not born of a woman fall on your faces and worship, that is your father. Lambden. Jesus said, <clears throat> When you see one who was not born of woman prostrate yourselves on your faces and worship him, that one is your father. And then Thomas, I mean the interlinear, says Yeshua, when you habitually see him who not they begot him from in the woman, prostrate yourselves upon your face, and you worship him, he who is there is your father. Um, so, the point is, um, the one not begotten of a mother, or of a woman. Um, you see, he didn't say that. <laughs> he didn't say, I'm not... Uh, begotten from a woman. He didn't say, I am the one and only Son of God, at least here. Uh, you know, there's all this whole notion that Yeshua was the one and only Son of God. 
Uh, I don't think he said that. <laughs> Sorry. I don't think he said, saying, I am the way and the truth, none come to, come to the Father but the Son. Doesn't mean none come to uh, complete enlightenment or heaven or sanctity by by signing up as a Christian or believing what he told you to believe about his own self or that, you know, he's considering himself superior. This is a... Uh, he didn't see, you know, he's born of a woman too. But what? Virgin birth? That's what they say. Did he say? He may never have said. <laughs> but when you see one born, one who's not born of a woman, fall on your faces and worship, worship that one, prostrate yourself, fall on your face. Um, the word is prostrate, not fall on your face. And um, prostrate, I think, is a little bit better than fall on your face. But... He did say, prostrate yourself on your face and worship him. Uh, obviously, it's symbolic. So, the one who's not born of a woman uh, is the one that's not born of flesh. The one that's not born of flesh is born of spirit. Who is that one? Well, you'll find him in the kingdom of heaven within. Uh, one can say that's Atman. One can say it's the divine spark within. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, look, Lin Shi said. He goes in and out of the face of every one of you. The true man without rank. Yeah, 16. And this may be getting to the end here for the day. We just uh, go little by little. Yeshua said, starting with Meyer to Lambden to Interlinear, Yeshua said, People may think I have come to impose peace upon the world, they do not know that I have come to impose conflicts upon the earth, fire, sword, war. For there will be five in a house, there will be three against two and two against three, father against son and son against father, and they will stand alone. Mm, Lambden. <clears throat> Jesus said, Men think, perhaps, that it is peace which I have come to cast upon the world. They do not know that it is dissension which I have come to cast upon the earth. Fire, sword, and war. For there will be five in the house, three will be against two, and two against three, the father against the son, and the son against the father, and they will stand solitary. And interlinear. Says Yeshua, perhaps they think Mankind, viz, I'm not sure, this, I shouldn't translate viz, viz, it's more, more like, I'll do what I can. Says Yeshua, perhaps they think, mankind, that I did come to cast a peace upon the world system, and they know not that I did come to cast some divisions upon the earth, a fire, a sword, a war. There are five for will be in a house, there are three shall be against two, and two against three, the father against the son, and the son against the father, and they shall stand on their, they shall feet, and they shall stand on feet there, they being solitary. They shall stand on their feet. It's very interesting that the interlinear says some interesting, brings some interesting points in that the other versions don't. Yeshua said, So perhaps mankind thinks that I came to cast peace 
uh, upon the cosmos. You see, the words are different about the earth and the, the world. And so that, that the other translators got it, Meyer Lambden, but the world system, the world, is, is uh, a translation for cosmos. Cosmos could go back to world, but more so world system, but it's really system of worlds. World's system, the cosmos is obviously not just 3D physical Earth. Obviously. The cosmos is much more than 3D physical and non-physical. So, uh, Yeshua was very aware of multidimension. He said, my father's house has many mansions. He was very aware of multidimensionality. <clears throat> and so when he mean, when he said cosmos, he means cosmos. And when he said earth, he means earth. So no, he didn't come to cast peace into the cosmos. Right, the, the point was he brought um, fire. You know, kindling fire. Fire that burns. And a sword that cuts. They know not, they don't know that he came... In fact, he's saying that I came to cast some divisions. Some. It's interesting, you know. Uh, reading the interlinear, you see some much, much more nuanced um, view view of the frag of each fragment. It's it's. He did come to bring peace upon the cosmos. Uh, but did come to cast some divisions upon the earth. Like what? The divisions associated with fire, sword, and war. Okay, well, fire burns and breaks and basically um, destroys structure, material structure. And sword divides material form and war sets one group against another. And and that's interesting, you know. Uh, this, this kind of um, coalescence and division right there there's the gather a time of gathering and a time of division there's a time of coalescence and a time of dis dissipation or separation this last 3d cycle on earth has been a time of gathering for <laughs> 3d repeaters the reprobates of the sector uh, the repeating 3d souls those who are positively oriented a lot and a little those who are negatively oriented a lot and a little and those who um, are neither, you know, neither virtuous nor vicious, neither goodly nor negative, negatively oriented, um, and non-polarized of various grades too. There are those that are thoughtful, non-polarized, but just can't get it. There are those that are quite animalistic, that are non-polarized, that are, um, you know, just one or two steps out of the animal kingdom. There are various levels of development of mind consciousness among humans on Earth in this period of coalescence. And then this will lead to uh, dis division or the three-way split at harvest, which is, you know, ascend, a positive ascension, negative ascension, or a repetition of the cycle. Of course. It's so obvious to me, these things. You know, now, I mean, Rob... Ra accords so well with an understanding of how evolution proceeds. Um, so, anyway, um, he came to bring some divisions upon the earth by fire, sword, and war, and then you've got the idea of five in a house, uh, two against three, and three against two. And um, 
So in many ways, Yeshua is really, um, I think, saying the old way of what? The Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all these guys, the Hebraic way. That's not Heavenly Father. That's not me. That's not where, that's not the way of love. Sorry. This, you, you know, you're of the synagogue of Satan. So he said, uh, not my way. Just like the Gnostics saying, you know, there's the false Yahweh. Yahweh is the Demiurge. He's not Heavenly Father. No, sorry. There really is a difference. That's fire and sword and war. Because then you've got, you know, those who killed him. And um, the division of the way. The winnowing of the wheat from the chaff. Yeah, it has to be. It has to be. Three-way split. So he was preparing humanity uh, for this, um, the, the phase of separation that will succeed or follow the ending of this phase of 3D cycle on Earth, which is a coalescence or a gathering of multiple groups or multiple orientations and levels of development of souls still in 3D in the sector. And so, it uh, <laughs> seems very clear to me. Uh, and, uh, you know, after the veil is lifted and uh, I drop the little body here, uh, we'll see confirmation or, uh, you know, uh, correction. So, um, it is just it is just an important matter that Yeshua himself is saying, I'm not here to bring peace and pacify and let you guys, um, you know, just be a happy together. The, the world system, he must have seen, the cosmos and humanity didn't need pacification, peace. It, it needed a division or a clarification of what is and what isn't, or what's positive and what's negative, what's of love and what isn't, what's of truth with the one Father, the Heavenly Father of God, and what isn't, from his view. And that's why they hated him, because he said, you know, you're not of Abraham, and you're not a Heavenly Father, and you're a synagogue Satan, and you're a den of vipers. And that's what he said to the Jewish Orthodoxy. And, uh, you know, they hated him for 2,000 years, and hate, hate, hate still. Hate is their way, their way of hate. Still they do. And so, uh, hate is not the way. Hate is <laughs> not his way. If you wish to hate, one may. But um, that uh, goes to uh, goes down. So, it's just an important distinction. He was not... Um, you know, uh, a, uh, a kindly, uh, a, a kindly man to um, bring comfort, um, to simply bring comfort. It was this, this, the, he was the purpose of his incarnation included casting some divisions upon the earth. That's indeed true, by way of fire, sword, and war. Yeah. Um, but that's not to seek domination and rulership. <laughs> it's to clarify the way so that people can uh, find the kingdom of heaven within rather than be uh, controlled by um, false teaching and ultimately prepare themselves for hell after death. No, that's not necessary. So next time we're going to start with session, uh, not session, but uh, fragment 17. And... Um, very nice stuff here. 
and so we'll keep this um, pattern going from Meyer to Lambda to Thomas um, interlinear and I hope this has been helpful please take good care of yourselves thank you to all the translators um, see you next time and good night